You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of Jesus, amen. Before our gospel lesson today, Peter comes to Jesus and asks a question. He asks, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And then Jesus says to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Forgiveness is tricky business. It is at the heart of the Christian faith. It is the treasure that Jesus has won for us by his suffering and death. And yet our flesh resists this treasure, and it cannot understand it. Because not only does forgiveness seem too good to be true, it also seems impossible. Rather than receiving this gift with thanksgiving, our flesh wonders how many times can we draw from the well before it runs dry. And if it can run dry for us, can it also run dry for our our brother? And so ask yourself, how many times are you willing to forgive someone else? Three or four times? Okay, maybe. But seven times? That seems a a bit excessive. People will start looking at you and saying, what a fool. And so we start to wonder, how many times can I ask God for forgiveness for the same sins that I continually fall into? Those same weaknesses that I, that I succumb to over and over again. We start to think to ourselves that God will eventually come up to us and say, that's it, I'm cutting you off. If you really cared about the gift that I gave you, you would start being holy, you would start being pure, and stop sinning. Not only do we think this, we actually start to believe it. And so we start trying to obtain our forgiveness with a little bit of good works here, with a little bit of, uh, with a little bit of holiness and piety over there. We're tempted to think, you know, I've been pretty good this past week. That means that when it comes time for confession and absolution at the beginning of the service, I'm not going to feel like such a hypocrite. But then there's the opposite extreme. You can say to yourself, you know what, I didn't call my mom this past week. I was mad with my children. And I had lust for one of my co-workers. I feel such... Shame and despair over these sins that I keep on falling into. How dare I even set foot within this church? Jesus preaches against these lies of our flesh. And he teaches you not to look at how good or bad you've been to find the basis of your forgiveness. But he tells you to hear the word of God and to believe it. Because even during your most pious weeks, God's word still says that you're a sinner. (laughs) And even when you can barely bring yourself to step through these doors out of shame for your sins, Jesus is still your Savior. And that's exactly what your flesh refuses to believe. And that's why we're oftentimes like Peter and wonder, really, how many times should we forgive our brother? But thanks be to God. The Holy Spirit has given to your heart 
the gift of faith. And by this gift, we forgive our brother. As sinners, this is impossible. But as saints, forgiveness abounds, both for ourselves and for our brother. And so today we learn that Christians forgive from a heart of faith in the Father's forgiveness. To forgive from faith makes all the difference. An unbeliever really can't forgive his brother. Not three or four times, not even once. Indeed, the world doesn't have a place for forgiveness according to its legalistic logic. Now, it's true that in the world there is a sense of forgiveness, but it's not the unconditional removal of the debt of guilt that you find with your Heavenly Father. Forgiveness, according to the world, always holds something back. It may reduce the debt, but it's never really going to get rid of it completely. Jesus describes the world's forgiveness through the picture of the wicked servant in our parable. When the king wanted to settle all his accounts, especially with this man, who was in an impossible hole of debt, what did the servant do? Well, rather than facing up to the fact that he'd probably never be able to dig his way out, that everything was about to be taken away from him, and justly so, he actually pleads with the king for more time to pay him back. He said, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. That sounds about right. The kingdom of this world runs according to the law of paying back what you owe. It doesn't hold out hope for the king's mercy. Instead, it holds out hope for more time to buy the king's favor. Our governments, our economy, they have to work this way. Do you want health care? You're going to have to pay for it. Do you want paved roads and police on the beat? Pay your taxes. Do you want to go to college? Take out a loan. (laughs) Everything has a price, and you have to pay your share. And so to escape his financial disaster, the servant in this parable actually does the most reasonable thing. He promises to work off his own debt. But this is merely putting off the inevitable. Eventually, the debts are called to account especially for repeat offenders. And this is as far as forgiveness goes for our flesh as well. Because our flesh will say, you know, I may forgive my brother once or twice, no big deal, but I'm keeping track. I remember what he's done to me, and I won't forget. If my brother slanders me once, okay, that's fine. But if he keeps on slandering me, he better watch out. He's going to get what's coming to him. But now I want you to see how the king in this story treats this unworthy servant. He does something incredible. He refuses to hear the pleas from the servant to just put off the debt. Out of pity, he forgives. And then the debt is gone forever. Nothing is left for the servant to do. He retains everything he has, his wife, his kids, his property, even though he never came close to deserving it. And this, dear saints, 
Is your heavenly Father's forgiveness for you? The debt of guilt incurred by your constant and repeated disobedience has been wiped away. Out of His unfathomable compassion, the Father has taken that loss upon Himself. His own very Son, Jesus Christ, He has placed your guilt. And He has paid the debt. Not with gold or silver, but with His holy, precious blood. And with His innocent suffering and death. That you may be God's own very child, who no longer owes anything, but is instead received an inheritance, an eternal inheritance of heaven itself. The tragedy of Jesus' parable is that the servant's flesh kept him from believing in the king's absolution. Though the servant was promised grace and mercy, he took it upon himself to work off the debt anyway. And that's why he choked his fellow servant over a a hundred measly denarii. He refused to forgive his servant according to faith in the king's promise. He despised the king's grace. He despised mercy, the good news that was spoken to him. As the king explains, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? There are consequences for unbelief, for refusing to hear the word of God. The debt of guilt that had been wiped away by Jesus' blood is revisited on the sinner when he wants to love his debt more than he loves Jesus. That's why the servant was thrown back into prison. And so Jesus warns us, So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And that's to say, if you refuse to hear the gospel, if you refuse to believe it, forgiving your sinful brother is impossible. Forget about forgiving him 490 times. You won't be able to do it once. Jesus' warning hits too close to home. Because we know, we full well know, that we haven't forgiven our brothers with a pure heart. And no, Jesus is not talking about forgiving our brother with with emotion or fervency. He's talking about forgiving in faith and in God's promises. These promises are flesh fights. It wants to drag us before the king, who once again threatens to take everything away. Thanks be to God. Your flesh has been overcome. Your baptism has seen to that. Daily your flesh is being drowned and put to death by repentance and faith. And this is what the Spirit works in you through the promises of the gospel. And this is good news, because it means that your man-made efforts at reinvigorating your faith, at at humanly trying to forgive your brother from your heart, they're not going to work. It's the Holy Spirit's business. Through His Word, through the Jesus Word, He brings to you spiritual life of faith. And He strengthens that life through the absolution, through the Gospel. Your flesh cannot and will not change the Father's mind. 
He looks upon you with pity and gladly pronounces the forgiveness of your debts every day. And it's just as valid the first time that you heard it as when you hear it today. The Father holds His Son before your eyes and He says, Here is Jesus, who has borne the payment of your guilt on His own body, in His hands, in His side, and in His feet. So, dear saints, be at peace. You are forgiven. Through Jesus' blood and merit, you belong to the Father as a beloved child. Now, at the end of all this, what does this mean, once again, for forgiving your brother? First, it's completely certain that you forgive your brother from the heart in faith. Because you believe the gospel, it's going to happen. Now, it's totally counterintuitive, isn't it? I'm not going to stand up here and say, I'm going to give you six easy steps to start forgiving your brother from your heart. (laughs) Instead, I'm going to say, here's Jesus. Hear the gospel that you are saved. By hearing this word, by being given the gift of faith in this word, you're already doing what Jesus says is required. Second, on this side of the grave, your flesh will always try to rob you of the confidence that you do indeed forgive your brother from the heart, and that this forgiveness from the heart is indeed from faith. Oh well, so be it. (laughs) Mortify the flesh in the word of God. Good works of forgiveness will follow your faith, even though it's difficult to see them. Now it's true that they are corrupted by sin and weakness, those those uh, weak efforts we make at trying to forgive our brother. But still, our neighbor needs our forgiveness, our forgiveness that's rooted in the gospel. God uses these broken works to accomplish his will. So now ask yourself again, how many times should you forgive your brother? And the answer is clear. As many times as you have received the Father's mercy in Christ, As he freely forgives, so you also freely forgive. And that's why Jesus teaches us to pray. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In faith, we pray this petition. And we're certain that it's true. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus into life everlasting. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, 
adult Bible class, and youth Sunday school at 10.45 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.